challenge yourself. Try to find people who challenge your thought process on your own point of view. Don't be afraid of a little bit of like challenge, a little bit of pushback on that and be open to learning. Once you've had really good process repetition around defining a point of view, surrounding yourself with people who can challenge and refine that point of view, and then starting to amplify and add new advanced learnings on that point of view. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams and B2B tech. The two of the nicest guys around and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today our guest is MK Gettler head of marketing at Alice, who also happens to be my boss, an amazing colleague and someone that I have long admired because of the stellar work that she does. MK, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm humbled and so grateful to be here, Nick. Awesome. So why don't you give everyone a quick 60 second glimpse of who MK is? What do you do? Yeah. So when I am not hanging out with the team at Alice leading our marketing efforts, you'll actually find me either playing my guitar here. At one point in time, I really did think I was going to end up on Broadway or trying to stay upright on any type of surface that I can get and ride. So I'm out there longboarding, surfing, which is my old surfboard, snowboarding, skateboarding, whatever you see. I love to be outdoors as much as possible. More recently, much more COVID-friendly activity. I've been rollerblading and also I just bought a new bike this weekend. So now I guess you can consider cycling to be part of (laughs) the adventures that I take on to keep me away from this desk and outside and as exposed as much as possible to some fresh air. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's definitely, it's so tough too, because it's like, well, at least where we are outside of Boston, the weather is becoming so nice that like yesterday it was like 65. Uh, it's just, you want to be outside more, which is, is, is a nice thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. Fresh air. And I think it also, for me, I don't know about this is the same for you, but for me, I think also having something to distract my like primal brain actually helps to infuse a lot of the creativity that we see around here in the team at Alice. It helps me find new and creative ways to solve problems that pretty much every marketer is out there selling. Like, how can I be more meaningful? How can I be more authentic? And I find distancing myself from my workspace actually really does help with that creative process. Nice, nice, I love that. So I wanna kind of go into it. And so what's your definition of a personal brand? You know, it's such a buzzword right now. I know that sounds really bad, but honestly, personal brand is such an interesting thing for people to be thinking about right now. I think a lot of people have this misconception that personal brand is like all the things that you put on LinkedIn or all of the things that all the speaker engagements that you get to have or the role, even the job title that you have. I've distilled personal brand for me down to what is your point of view, your POV? 
And I think a lot of the things that people see when they see personal brand being expressed in all the aforementioned channels, like in on LinkedIn, your speaker engagements, whatever that might be, people underestimate how much it took for those folks to be out there refining and defining what their point of view is on something. The other thing that I think people often misunderstand about a personal brand is that it just like, it sticks with you for forever. And your point of view is singularly focused and it's the point of view that you have forever and ever and ever. I also think that your point of view should grow and change as you grow and change personal development, personal learnings. Those will start to shape and inform your point of view. And so your personal brand is really just what do you stand for in this moment in time? And what are the things that you know to be true that you use to be able to educate yourself and educate your market, educate your customers, educate your own team? And how do you use that as your superpower to help those that are around you elevate themselves and bring themselves to a new higher understanding of whatever that point of view is? Yeah, I completely agree with you there. That was really well said. And so I was doing some research on you in a non-creepy way. Um, That's okay. If you want to be creepy, you'll know, we'll have it. And so I came across something that you were talking about. Why should the you know hashtag five to nine be your nine, new nine to five as a brand? And so I'm, I'm interested in kind of getting your thoughts around that. Yeah. So uh, that's why when you were telling me to like, tell me more about yourself, I didn't really focus on the fact that, you know, I'm a professional because the reality is if you really wanted to, you could go on Zoom Info, you can go on LinkedIn, you can find out what I do in my nine to five. But my five to nine is what actually brings dimension. It's what brings clarity to who I am and what I stand for on a personal level, not just a professional level. I think if if you're thinking about the modern consumer today, most folks are attracted to brands where they see themselves most closely aligned to the messaging, to the positioning, even to the creative. And with so many different types of solutions out there right now, and with so many different ways in which people can actually find solutions to their problems, the brands that are winning today, the companies that are winning today, the leaders in marketing that are winning today are leaders that are relatable that are accessible, that are authentic, and that people feel as though they know them on a personal one-to-one level, rather than feeling distanced and removed, and though they're very corporate and stuffy. And so I've always led with my most authentic self, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done. And I think that has been a really important lesson for me as I have folded that level of authenticity that level of fun, that level of playfulness, that level of spontaneity into the marketing teams that I've led to date. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak to this firsthand that everything that you do, it's just, you know, that, and that, that's part of what kind of led me and drew me to Alice was like, it's just like, it's such like an authentic brand that like, you know, it's, something that when you think of it, you think of like fun and you think of something that I, I hate to use the word hip, but like you use the word hip and it's something that like sticks out to you versus you see a lot of these other companies, especially these bigger companies that are just so stuck in their ways that like don't, they don't truly get it. And so that's something that, you know, big kudos to you and everyone else, because that was definitely something that that drove me to Alice. 
I mean, we felt the same way about you as well too, Nick, right? Like you lead with your most authentic self and you share a lot about the things that you're passionate about, the things that like keep you up at night as well too. Like it, it doesn't have to only be the good, which is another way that I think of the evolution of personal brands has become a little bit more performative than it has actually genuine and, and, and authentic, uh, authentically. And so that that's what we strive to do uh, here at Alice. But I also think the brands that are crushing this right now are B2C brands. Just look at any B2C brand and they consider themselves so ingrained and so in tune with their audiences that they're more playful. They have more fun. They don't take themselves so seriously and they aren't stuck in the one way to do something. Yeah, totally agree with you. That's a great call out. I want to kind of pivot to, you know, how do you feel about people on your team? And it doesn't have to be just at Alice, but just even, you know, past lives about people pursuing personal projects to grow their brands. Like, what are your thoughts on that from being a leader? I'm all for it. I think the best learning that happens about ourselves on an individual level really does happen outside of the workplace. I mentioned I'm able to distance myself from work by getting outdoors, by spending some time just, you know, not sitting at my desk, not thinking about solving the problems here at Ellis. I do my best thinking when I'm just not in the trenches of what we're, the problems we're trying to solve. I think that there are some folks that use these like nights and weekends projects in really healthy ways, in ways that help to yes and their potential when they come into the nine to five. And I, But I've also seen people who rely too heavily on the work that they do outside of work. And that often, oftentimes has actually come back to hurt them because what they stand for, what they do outside of work doesn't really match the deliverables of what they're doing in the workplace too. So I'm all for people working on a side hustle. I'm all for people working on their personal branding outside of work. As long as what you're saying out there beyond the workplace actually matches what you're doing and the impact that you're driving within the workplace. I think that can be hard for some people to like keep good balance on both of those things, which is why I'm so excited about some of the work that you're doing as well, too, with your personal brand and how you're really cultivating this field marketer community. We have another member of our team who also has a podcast just about personal and professional uh, development. And I think y'all have found really good balances of both that personal branding and that these types of side hustle projects, as well as like bringing your key learnings back into the workforce and workplace here at Alice. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. I'm all for that. And so if a young professional, so a lot of marketers that listen to this are, are younger in their journey of becoming a marketer and like they're not really sure kind of what's a good first project to pursue in order to kind of like get experience, start developing a brand. Like, do you have any recommendations of like what they could start to like try to like fulfill their journey and be, be a better marketer over time? Absolutely. I think it first and foremost, start with that point of view. I think it's like most marketers, like you want to start with your buyer personas, know your audience, what are their pain points, what are their challenges? But like, you have to start internally first, if you ever want to start really developing an ecosystem around you. And most folks are using this personal brand as a means for building community, as a means for drawing people and attracting people to you to talk about really complex issues or problem solve together. But you can't, actually start mobilizing a community until you've figured out what it is you want to say, why you want to say it most importantly, and how you want to say it. 
So for any of you young marketers out there who someday hope to have you know your own podcast or have your own web series, the key is starting with the why and starting with what you stand for and what that point of view is, and then build concentric circles outside of it. Start exploring the depths and breadths of all the things that are related to that point of view. Challenge yourself. Try to find people who challenge your thought process on your own point of view. Don't be afraid of a little bit of like challenge, a little bit of pushback on that and be open to learning. Once you've had really good process repetition around defining a point of view, surrounding yourself with people who can challenge and refine that point of view, and then starting to amplify and add new advanced learnings on that point of view, the process just keeps snowballing as time goes on. And as your point of view gets bigger and you've added more dimensions and layers to it, there's no lack of knowledge. There's no lack of depth and breadth in the subject matter. What most people lack is that point of view and that singular focal point to give them a jumping off point to start building their personal brand. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. And so like, I love to ask this question because we all want to learn and be a better leader, marketer, whatever. Who are two to three people that you personally learned from to become a better leader and marketer? That's a great question. It's constantly evolving. And right now, actually, I'm involved with a community that has nothing to do with marketing. It has nothing to do with professional career growth. It's actually a community called We Create Space. And it's a space dedicated to leaders who want to lead with their most authentic selves. In this space, we actually do some self-work. We start to think about like, what's our personal journey? What have we been on? What are the things that we are learning about ourselves and have learned about ourselves? And how do we use that to then lead others and those around us with more authenticity? So that community has been hugely valuable to me to help understand who I am as a person. You have to start with the self and then you can help with others. Those the flight attendants on flights, they know put your oxygen mask on first and help yourself so that you can help others. So that's why that space has been really valuable for me. Beyond that, I would not be where I am today if I had not had my CMO community group as well, too, to help balance the nine to five and the five to nine. And so last year was an unprecedented year at the time of this recording. You know, we're still going through some of the, the final headwinds of COVID-19. And so without the CMO community that I had, I would not have been able to get through some really difficult times that were totally unprecedented. There's no playbooks for this at business school about how to get your team through a pandemic, although there might be now moving forward, who knows. And so my community of CMOs, it's really just a matter of it's not any one person's thought leadership that's driving this. We come together to problem solve together what's top of mind for us. So we might meet once a quarter to talk about board planning and what we have to present to the board. Some folks have gone through rounds of funding. So we've learned like key learnings from them, what the involvement of a marketer was. And other times we also go and we start talking about like, how do I develop my people? I have very hungry, motivated people. How do I develop them? How do I build more inclusivity in the work that we do? How do I find and attract more diverse talent to help us level ourselves up? So I wouldn't say it's any one person whose personal brand is helping to shape and, and form mine. It's actually a community of folks who the sum of their parts are continuing to build and strengthen skills within me so that I can bring that back to my team and back to the company as a whole at Alice. Nice. Yeah, I agree. Community is huge. And I think there's people out there that don't believe that it's tied to community, but it 100% is. So thank you for shedding the light on that. Of course. It's in our DNA, right? Like this is where I get like 
so I get so confused about where people are, don't understand the value of community. Like when we were monkeys dangling from trees, we needed community to survive. Like we needed people who were stronger than us to help protect the herd. We needed people who were better at helping to preserve longevity in our children so that we can continue to evolve and grow as a species. We needed people who knew the difference between a poisonous plant and a good plant. And so that still stands true. Granted, we have grocery stores to tell us which one's poison and not poisonous, but community still plays a vital role in our ability to survive and thrive, especially in unprecedented times, but also as a field, like marketing is changing so, so fast. It would be impossible for you to just isolate and do all this work on your own. You have to tap into communities. You have to tap into other people who can help complement and keep your ends sharpened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I use community every single day, so big, big fan of that. What about the people that don't have, so there's not many people out there that have huge LinkedIn or Twitter followers. We're not like DG or Chris Walker where, you know, you got 60, 100,000 people. Like for people like us, like how can someone stand out with what they create from your POV? Yeah. I mean, people always want the, I don't know if I'm dating myself, but the original Nintendo Entertainment System, the up, down, up, down, AB star. People want that hack code. They want that cheat code to figure out how to beat every level, get to save the princess and have all the glory and accolades. I think people that the people that you mentioned, like they were just at the right time, at the right place, and they capitalized on the opportunity that was presented to them. And I think that there's a lot of privilege in being at the right time and in the right place. Most of us are not going to have that privilege and most of us are going to have to start small and build our way out into building communities. I think personally that communities that form based off of the relatability and based off the authenticity are far more impactful than those that could be more, I don't know, egocentric, people like leading with themselves as the primary brand. That breeds like a level of toxicity, I think, in the marketing and selling space. I think it's more isolating than it is actually inclusive. And so I prefer to lean into communities where we can uplift one another, where it's not about me, it's about we and how we can learn from each other and use that as a means for evolving at a much larger scale sustainable systemic change, the change that we want to see to make marketing more authentic, to make the communities that we build more ingrained and connected to one another. Because at the end of the day, that's all we really want. We want to be more connected. We want to feel more supported. And we want to know that we could take big risks and that we have a squad behind us who has our backs. Yeah, retweet that. Definitely. That's that's like so spot on. So it's something that Personally, I have a lot of people that will reach out to me that will say, hey, I had a unique story where I was able to grow from like 2,000 to over 17,000 followers in a year, but I didn't hack my way to do that. Like I put in the work every single day. I leverage community. I leverage a very niche topic of what field marketing is because honestly, out of you know the millions and millions of people that use LinkedIn, there's no one that talks about field marketing, but so many field marketers are out there that have questions that want to see what are you doing? What are tangible takeaways that you can take away that they could go implement in their day job? And the amount of people that have like thanked me for that is amazing. And then you have got the other side of it of like these people like, hey, can we somehow hack our way to doing this? And it's just, you got to change that mindset if you want to be successful. 
I completely agree. Like you took the classic business model of a blue ocean strategy and applied that to building community where you saw there was a gap where everybody was talking about a very specific kind of marketing and they were thinking about a very in a very specific way. You saw that nobody was talking about another opportunity in this space and you inserted yourself to build and breed a community out of that thought leadership and out of that space. And so I think once you know your point of view on something, that's the, that's another phase that you can get into once you have that snowball off and running. It's like what blue ocean exists for me to tap into a community that's underserved, malnourished or under coordinated maybe and bring that level of structure, bring that level of thought leadership to help empower and embolden that audience. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, some people say that a personal brand is about adding value. Some say it's just being yourself and your authentic self, but it doesn't really offer someone tactical advice. Like to you, what does adding value mean if you're a marketer that's getting started? This is a classic like marketing consultant in me saying like, it depends, but it does, it depends, right? Like depending on that blue ocean strategy and what you're trying to accomplish, it may be that the space of field marketing, for example, they need some tactical help. And that was very much the case for field marketers last year who were like, holy moly, all of the playbooks we've ever written are now rendered obsolete. We have no idea how to shuffle and shift a lot of the strategies we had that required face-to-face -face interaction. What do we do now? And so I think tactical help was really needed for that community at that point in time. Whereby though, when you look at the, the marketing field as a whole, I think right now it is so replete with the same generic colloquialisms. It is replete with the same generic, like gotta get more leads, gotta send out this email uh, in these unprecedented times as well too. If I got another email still targeting me with these unprecedented times, I'll lose my mind. But the reality is that it is going to depend based on what your community needs, based on what you need as well, too. This is a journey of self-exploration. Your personal brand is constant evolution. I talked about that snowball continuing to gain momentum. So sometimes your point of view is going to be super tactical. Sometimes it's going to be more conceptual. And other times it's going to be a blend of both where you take the, the high level concepts and fold all those tactics actually into a strategy that other people can learn from, can borrow and can start to deploy at their organizations as well. So it is going to largely depend. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it definitely makes sense. And I, I agree with you there. Honestly, so I'm interested in your take on this. So you've got LinkedIn, you've got Twitter, you've got Clubhouse now. How does a marketer balance all these from a personal perspective? Because there's a lot of marketers that think they need to be everywhere all the time, which isn't the truth. But, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I know you and I and a few others have talked about Clubhouse recently. So I'm interested in your thoughts. You know, I don't know about you. And I see all the work that you do, Nick. And I don't know where you hide your time machine because I just don't have time to be on Twitter, to be on LinkedIn, to be on Clubhouse, to attend all of you know the speaking engagements that I have, to stay and lead and give my team the dedication and focus that it needs to stay and partner with my colleagues to help lead this company here at Ellis. And so my two cents for folks is if you have the time and you also have the ability to do some cultivation and curation of your audiences on any of those platforms, by all means, go and do it. For me personally, there's a capacity issue. Not to mention, I, as I mentioned mostly like work-facing things, but like 
I love to spend time with my fiance. I love to spend time together with our dog. And that is what's really valuable, important priority to me. And so for me to be able to balance it all, that means that I have to shave off a couple of these platforms. I don't use Twitter very often, even though the marketing crew and Twitter is like very, very intense, very robust. And I wish I could get into the likes of them, but I just don't have the time and, and dedication to be able to focus on building that community there. So instead, I just focus all my resources on building community through LinkedIn. And I'll do that even on a personal side, which I know sounds kind of weird for a professional platform, but I'll spend time curating community through LinkedIn and working through my personal brand and expressing that on LinkedIn because that's where I have time and that's where I can dedicate the, my best sources of energy to. It was easy when I was just kind of like starting out and like a few people be like, hey, you know, can I pick your brain? And now it's got to the point where like one to two people a week have turned into like seven to 10 a week. Like I have CMOs, VPs of marketing that want to like just ask about like field marketing. Like, I don't have the time for this anymore. And I'm just like, you've got these consultants that are out there and like they spend all their time because that's how they make their money. You know, they're getting leads through Clubhouse and stuff. But for me, it's a side hustle. Like I enjoy helping others and doing that. But you can, like you said, you can only invest so much time because like, you know, I've got my daughter, you know, we went to the park all weekend. Like I can't sit there on social media. Like I try to block from five to seven o'clock every night so that, like I can be present with her as well and like cuts into it. And I enjoy my sleep. So I'm not up there trying to like stay up to like three in the morning doing all this stuff. So I'm with you. I just want to emphasize one thing that you called out as well, too, where I think a lot of folks underestimate that very pivotal moment that you highlighted there was that you were being hit up really frequently about a same topic by a handful of people, then that continued to build momentum. And so that it became to a place where you're building demand in a community who is vying for your time and energy. And right there, you've hit an inflection point with your personal brand. And so knowing what to do at that inflection point is really important. And I think that's where a lot of folks like they, they just start off with like, I want to build a podcast. Okay. What do you want to talk about with your podcast? Everybody and their mother has a podcast right now. So like when you have found critical mass in your thought leadership, where people want to borrow time from you to learn from you and get that one-on-one -on -one access, especially if you see it in multiples, that's an inflection point where you can turn your thought leadership, you can turn that personal brand and your point of view into something that's a little bit more scalable, like running a podcast, like running a web series, or like creating long form content and posting something on LinkedIn or posting something on Medium. So look for those little inflection points where your community is telling you they need you to build something for them so they can come back and refine their point of view based off of your point of view. Yeah, that, that's a great call out. Appreciate you saying that because that's definitely the truth. And I think it's something that goes unnoticed a lot too. So for anyone listening, make sure to take that. I'm going to be taking that quote out and um, making a share to share with all of you. And so I'm interested in your source of inspiration for your LinkedIn content. I know you don't, you, you try to post as often as you can. I know time is a thing, but do you keep notes? Like where are your ideas stored? Like what's your workflow look like? I do. I do. So sometimes I always have my tablet here where I take notes constantly throughout the day. I have a special book in here that's just for LinkedIn inspiration. If something hits me, I just make sure to take a quick note and then put it down in here. But other days, my workflow personally is I 
I do my morning routine. We go on my dog walk, I grab my coffee, we come back in. And the first thing I do is my very best to post something on LinkedIn. Usually that has to do with what I'm working on in the day, what's top of mind for me. And I don't really sit there and like wax pros and like, hmm, what should I say? What makes me sound more interesting? What makes me sound more dynamic? I just, I lead with what's top of mind for me. And I find that that actually helps with the creative process. I find myself finding inspiration from lots of different sources. And that's really where people get hung up. Like your point of view is just the starting point. And you can look at your point of view, I kind of see it as a circle where there's 360 degrees around which you can think about your point of view. So once you nail that point of view down, there's always sources of content as long as you're out there keeping your eyes open for inspiration. And the content will eventually start taking care of itself because you've built in the right practice to actually go in and post. You have the right repeatable routine to carve out time for that. And then the inspiration just kind of finds you. And when it does, make sure you write it down, you jot it down in that ongoing list. So in the mornings when you don't have anything top of mind for you, you have your list and you can use that list to help build something really interesting or something that just helps clarify your point of view at something on LinkedIn. Yeah, I love that. Completely agree with you there. And so I think we're coming up on time. I just wanted to close with a a few final questions for you. What's your favorite resource? It could be online. I know we talked about community, could be offline. And we talked a little bit about this, but like, what do you do to kind of like keep your, your mind fresh, like your brand fresh to like always kind of making sure that you're staying ahead of the trends? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one. First and foremost, I try to take care of my energy sources. And I know that sounds like a little, a little hokey, but if I am not disconnecting a little bit from work, I find that I can actually run out of that inspirational mindset. So I do make sure that I can distance myself and separate myself from work a little bit. Beyond that, though, I get my inspiration, honestly, from the communities that I surround myself in. And I find different pockets of interests and different pockets of types of communities. I'm in multiple CMO groups where we talk about very different things. And I use that to keep my edges sharp. The other thing that I do as well, too, is I stay as closely connected to my team as possible, because I find that all of them have different sources of inspiration for like, what the latest trend could be or what's up and coming. And so I use our team's structure to be able to yes and one another and find inspiration from where each of us have our own special pockets of you know escapism our own special pockets of inspiration so that we can use that to fuel one another's inspiration yeah that's literally amazing and so i want to end with this question where should people go to learn more about you all the amazing things that alice is doing like anything that you want to plug here feel free we'll make sure to highlight all of it Yeah, of course. So if you want to come hang out with our team at Alice, just go to alice.com or follow us out there on LinkedIn. We're a little unusual. We spell our name with a Y instead of an I. So it's A-L-Y-C-E. If you want to come hang out with me, LinkedIn, like I said, it's a great place for us to get connected so I can learn more about your point of view. You can learn a little bit more about my point of view. Fortunately, there are very few of us Gettlers and there are no other MK Gettlers. So it's easy to find me on LinkedIn. And if you want to know what I'm up to in my five to nine, maybe I'm out like riding my bike or out, you know, exploring the woods with my dog and my fiance, you can find me on Instagram at mkgetler. Amazing. Well, MK, thank you again. I appreciate you spending some time with us today. It was great having you on Rep Your Brand. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. It is such a pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.